الحمد لله رب العالمين والعاقبة للمتقين ولا عدوان إلا على ظالمين وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له إقرارا به وتوحيدا وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله صلى الله عليه وسلم تسليما مزيدا عما بعده فلله الحمد it brings me great joy and honor to be invited once again to Manchester so I can come and give a nasiya to myself first and foremost and to my brothers and to our nephews and to our children here. Tonight's topic, inshallah, after speaking to Dawood, alhamdulillah, from the fadl of Allah Azza wa Jal, there is a lot of youth that are coming now to the masjid. And that is always a great sign, walillah alhamd. Because our youth are our future. And it's upon us parents and us elders to nurture the future. In every course of life, we always plan ahead. We always plan regarding our careers. We do certain steps in order to achieve our careers. Then what about regarding our own selves with our akhirah and also regarding what we leave behind by way of our children, which will be questioned regarding them. So, alhamdulillah, I wrote a little nasiyah for myself and alhamdulillah to my brothers and their young ones. Something that is needed, I think, in the time that we are living in today. What is taking place, I always refer to outside of the masjid as the jungle, the fitan that we face daily, and especially the youth, because it is a lot harder for them, because they're out there in the communities, studying, working, and the environments that we live in is not easy. We have been tested from all corners. So bi'idhnillah, a small advice that will make us reflect bi'idhnillah that when we are in those circumstances, then inshallah these words, and even though I said it's my nasiha, it is the words of Allah Azza wa Jal and the hadith of the noble messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So the first thing I'm going to talk about is a qa'idah ilahiyya, is a divine principle. That has been established in our religion. And that is, مَنْ تَرَكَ لِلَّهِ شَيْئًا أَوَّضَ اللَّهُ خَيْرًا مِنْ That whomsoever leaves something for the sake of Allah, meaning he refrains from it, or abandons it for the khair, then it is a qa'i, that it is a principle in our religion, that whoever does something and leaves something for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then Allah will exchange and replace it with something better. So that is the first thing. This is also taken mahudan from a hadith. Ma rawahu Imam Ahmad fi musnadihi an Abi Katada wa Abi Dahama qala atayna ala rajulun min ahli al-badiyah 
فقل فقلنا هل سمعت من رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم شيئا these two companions they came to a valley where the bedouins they live and they addressed a bedouin and they said to him did you hear anything from the noble messenger muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam and then he replied nam samituhu yaqul sallallahu alayhi wasallam innaka lan tada'a shay'an lillahi azza wa jal he said to me that you will not leave anything for the sake of allah azza wa jal illa baddalaka allah bihi ma huwa khayran lak min except that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will replace with it something even better qa'ida ilahiya a principle which is a divine principle that you must know and understand that allah azza wa jal alim al ghaib wa shahada that allah azza wa jal sami'u al basir knows exactly what you do for his cause he knows everything that you do and we'll give you now bi'ithnillah some examples of this mathalan kufr disbelief look at what allah azza wa jal replaces for the one who abandons kufr the one that ab- accepts the religion of islam the laws of islam the sunnah of the messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam wallahi beautiful story ما رواه امام مسلم ان عمر بن عاص رضي الله تعالى عنه قال لما جل الله الاسلام في قلبي this companion he narrates that when allah azza wa jal placed islam in my heart and in some narration he mentions لما دخل الايمان في قلبي when that faith and that iman it reached my heart فَأَتَيْتُ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ فَقُلْتُ إِبْصُتْ يَمِينَكَ I came to the Messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم and I said to him put forth your right hand because he wanted to give allegiance to the Messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم so then the Messenger صلى الله عليه وسلم stretched out his right hand and then before he gave allegiance and entered into islam and to give bay'ah to the messenger of allah he removed his hand back then the messenger said to malak what is wrong with you he said urid an ashtarit i want to make a condition first before i embrace and listen to these words so the messenger said to him madha tashtarit what is it that you want what condition and allah azza wa jal yaghfirni that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgives me of my sins then the messenger of allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he said to him ama alimta anna al-islam yahdamu ma kana qablu do you not know that islam wipes away that which comes before it wipes it away al-imam nawawi rahimahullah ta'ala he said ay yusqit wa yamhu atharahu that basically wipes away anything that preceded it meaning taghfir al-dhunub 
And who forgives the sins except for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then he went on to say that the one that migrates for the sake of Allah, likewise his sins will be forgiven. And it wipes away all of the sins. Like in the shahid for us, he abandoned kufr. And he left something for the sake of Allah. And then even in some narration he mentions, Ya Rasulullah, كَانَ وَجُّكَ أَقْبَضَ الْوَجْعَ O Messenger of Allah, your face was the most disliked face to me. This religion was the most disliked religion to me. But by Allah now, this religion is the most beloved religion to me. And your face is the most beloved of faces. Allahu Akbar. How Allah Azza wa Jal replaced that kufr and replaced it with something even better. Qaida ilahiyya. And some other examples, and you, this is what you need to know, because this, the Ibnillah, will help us in our day-to-day life, because you will face difficulties. You will face challenges, my brothers, my nephews. You will face trials. But we need to understand that taking the course of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not weakness, but it is strength and honor. Let me give you another beautiful hadith. That when someone abandons something for the sake of Allah, how Allah will give him something even better. وَعَنْ وَاذِ بِنْ جَبَلٍ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ تَعَالَىٰ أَنَّ النَّبِيَّ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ قَالْ مَنْ غَضَمَ غَيْذًا وَهُوَ قَادِرْ عَلَىٰ أَنْ يُنْفِضَهُ Now listen to this one. مُعَذِ بِنْ جَبَلٍ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ تَعَالَىٰ He said, that whoever holds back his rage, his anger, and the understanding of here, my brothers, is that you have had an altercation. There is a, dis- a difference of an opinion or something has taken place between two individuals where it even comes to blows. And then the one that the messenger is speaking about is that anger comes and then he holds back his rage. And not only does he hold back his rage, the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam gave a description about this individual. وَهُوَ قَادِرٌ And he has the ability to enforce his strength. And he has the ability and the strength to do something. لَكِنْ غَضَمَ غَيْذَهُ لِلَّهِ But he holds back for the sake of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. Now, in our time today, for those individuals that were perhaps brought up on principles of the Sharia, shall we say, the road, that is what we seem to perceive as weakness. That if you hold back and you humble yourself and you you don't want to fight, you don't want to stretch your arms out to destroy or to kill, or put your weapons forth, you hold back. Today's time, outside there, then you're weak. The code of the road is you're weak. 
but you're not weak. The code of the road here would say, will give you all sorts of attributes of your weakness and other certain names that we cannot even mention in the house of Allah, Azza wa Jal. But Allah, remember that qa'idah, you did it for Allah. It will not go to waste with Allah. Allah will not waste your actions. So then what happens to this individual, mathalan? What does Allah exchange and give it back regarding the one? And who is this one? The one that is holding his rage? And he is mother. He's able. He's able. Why is that able such an important point in the hadith? Talk to me. Why is that so important, that particular point? Ahsant. If it's somebody that doesn't have the ability to do anything, then he has no choice but to accept. Because he doesn't have. But the messenger spoke about the one man, Qadir. The one who does have the ability. And that is even harder to hold back. Because if you have don't have the ability, then it's, you have no choice as the brother said. But the messenger said the one who has the ability, it's even harder when you know someone is wronging you. And you know you can do a thing to him. But then you leave it. Because he's your Muslim brother. And then you leave it for the sake of Allah Azza wa Jal. What is his reward? The Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he said, Da'u yawm al-qiyamah. He will be called on the day of judgment. Amam al-khala'ik. In front of all of the creation. Wa khuyya miran hur al-ayn mashid. And he will be given the ability to choose between any of the Hur al-Ain, the women of paradise. And remember that from the principles of Allah Azza wa Jalla and His mercy, that on the day of judgment with the believers, Allah will address the believers, and it is only between Him and His slave. As a protection, as a protection for the slave. Shaykh Uthiyameen rahimahullah ta'ala, Mention some points of benefit regarding that. That why does Allah screen the conversation that he has between his slave? Because if an individual case has been brought forth for everyone to hear, in it is humili- humiliation. Even if Allah Azawajal forgives him, then we know that Allah forgave Zani. Allah forgave the thief. Allah forgave the one that ate from riba, mathalan. So even if Allah forgives him, the khala'iq will know what his sin was. So then Allah veils that conversation, except for this one. This one will be allowed for all of the creation to hear. For all of the creation to hear that he held his rage and he didn't fall back, didn't meet an evil with an evil for the sake of Allah. Then him, that is raising of his ranks for all of the creation to witness that. So yes, they may say that you're weak because you never put forth your arms against your brother. But the reward with Allah Azza wa Jal is azim. So alhamdulillah, much for why that hadith in itself is a hadith that we can talk about the whole night regarding the fawaid. But the shahid is, they left something for Allah, what did Allah give him back?
And also some of the ulama say, if there's no mawani' Mawani' meaning nothing that will prohibit him, no reason for him not to enter Jannah. What is yastalizim? What does that necessitate? If he will choose from the hurul ain bimana, what does it mean? So then you tell me, is that person weak? You tell me, is Allah not most merciful? Look what he gives back. Tamam. Some other points of benefit. Another story of how somebody holds back for the sake of Allah. Then look what Allah gives. There's a hadith where the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he said that there will be an individual Da'athu imra'atun dhata mansabin wal jamalin that there is a man that he is called by a beautiful woman and a woman of position called for illegal relationships. Not him, but the woman. She entices him, and she is the one that calls him to this lewdness. Now, the hadith of the Messenger وسلم, is Jamil Kalim. What does that mean? It means that the Messenger of Allah's words are short, but vast in meaning. Certain points I've mentioned, but it's vast in meaning. The messenger never said that a woman called him for relations. But the messenger وسلم, described the type of woman. And what were the two descriptions? What are they? Beautiful. And you know, beauty is the thing that mad up the man. Let's be honest. We love beauty. We love beauty. And there are things that comes with beauty as well. And then not just that. She has status. She has status. So she's not, as we will say, just any old woman. Woman with status. That is the type of woman that is calling an individual. We can only think to ourselves, how would we be in such a situation? How would we be? And then, what does he say? When such a woman invites him, he says, Inni Allah. I fear Allah Azza wa Jal. I fear Allah. Reclines the offer of that beauty, of that status, and of that relationship. What is his reward? What does he get back? The Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, Seven will be in the shade of Allah on the day of judgment. A day where there is no shade. He is one of them will be in the shade of Allah Azza wa Jal. Now you're probably thinking, okay, what is that? If you know regarding Yawm Al-Qiyamah, if you know regarding the Ahwal, what takes place on the day of judgment, that the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam described the people as they are intoxicated because out of fear. The fear that they will have on that day. 
Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said that the sun will come so close, an example, some of the distance of a mile. And the people will be sweating according to their sins. And the sweat will be so much some to their ankles, to their knees, even to the necks, according to their sin. That's how it will be. And then you will have this individual that will be in the shade of Allah Azza wa Jal. We ask Allah Azza wa Jal to make us from them. But look at that. So knowing these things and these principles, that having that trust and yaqeen with your Lord, then it makes it easy for us to turn away from these temptations. Having that taqwa of Allah Azza wa Jal, and that fear of Allah Azza wa Jal, comes, Alhamdulillah, Al-Makhraj. You fear Allah, your Lord will find a way out for you. You having that taqwa of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it even a reason for you to regain sustenance. قَالَ اللَّهُ عَزَّ وَجَلْ وَمَنْ يَتَّكَ اللَّهِ يَجْعَلُ لَهُ Whoever fears Allah, Allah will find a way out for him. وَعْدَ اللَّهِ That is the promise of Allah Azza wa Jal. But there's a shart. For you to have that makhraj, you must fear him. Fear Allah as he is deserved to be feared. The Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam would start with khutbat al-hajah. And in those three verses, every one of them would be mother. Fear Allah, all mankind fear Allah. Fear Allah, don't die except you're in a state of submission. Fear Allah and speak the truth. Constantly of the taqwa. Why? Because taqwa is a thing, miftah kull al-khayr. It is the key to all goodness. Allah says, وَيُرُزُقُهُ مِنْ حَيْثُ لَا And Allah will provide for him in means or in ways that he would never imagine. But you must have that taqwa of Allah Azza wa Jal. Another example, that if you do something for the sake of Allah, then how Allah gives you something even better. Al-Afu wa Tawadah. Having those two characteristics, a person that pardons, he pardons because Allah Azza wa Jal loves to pardon as well. The one that does not pardon or forgive will not receive likewise forgiveness and mercy. Man la yarham, la yurham is the words of the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. But listen to this hadith. وعن أبي هريرة رضي الله تعالى عنه قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم ما نقصت صدقة من مال. The Messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم he said, giving in charity will not decrease your wealth. So how do we understand this? Look, that mal that you have been given, أصلاً it's not yours. It's Allah Azza wa But Allah has put it in your hands and in your possession to see what you would do with that money. But the principle is what? Whoever leaves something for the sake of Allah, Allah gives in khair. So that in essence is not yours, you'll be questioned, but you give it for the sake of Allah. So you depart from that. What do you get back? 
Allah Azza wa Jal from his perfect wisdom has made it so that the more you give, it doesn't decrease your wealth. It doesn't decrease your wealth. That's one. Number two, that it purifies a person. A person that is giving sadaqah, it purifies him and his wealth. Then the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam went on to mention, وَمَا زَادَ اللَّهِ عَبْدًا يَعْفُوِ إِلَّا إِزَّا That if a person pardons, pardons his brother, that brother may have done him a wrong, but he pardons Lilla. And have you noticed, another important point is, this is a side note, all of the adilla that we're mentioning, is for who? Lillah. When it's for Lillah, it must be Khalis Lillah, Mukhlis, sincere. Otherwise you won't be able to do it. So it's, you have to have that ikhlas for Allah. So all of these adilla, you're doing it for Allah. You're not doing it for any praise from the people. You're not doing it for any worldly gain. It's purely for Allah. So you pardon your brother for the sake of Allah. You're not weak. But what will Allah give you? If you pardon your brother, you pardon your sister, you pardon your companion, what does Allah give you back? Illa izza. Allah will give you honor. Allah will replace it with honor. وَمَا تَوَاضُوا أَحَبًا لِلَّهِ إِلَّا رَفَعُ اللَّهِ Then the next one, a person that is humble. Tawadu. Very humility and humble. If Allah has given him wealth, he doesn't boast with his wealth. Allah Azza wa Jal has given him ilm, he's humble with that knowledge. If Allah Azza wa Jal has given him strength, then Alhamdulillah is humble with that. And then you find his dealings in life, he's very, very humble. And that humble means sometimes he holds back as well, going back with the other hadith. Often pardoning. So he humbles himself. And not for people to know what his attributes are. Purely for the sake of Allah. What does Allah give him back? Except that Allah Azza wa Jal will raise his ranks. Will raise his ranks. And wallahi. It is better that your ranks are raised with Allah. Because Allah's ranks are real. Allah's ranks are beneficial. As for the ranks on the streets, they are worthless. As for the ranks on the streets and name on the streets, it's only khasara. Because those ranks are not upon the scales of Allah. That is not what our Lord loves. The ranks on the road are the ranks of the shaitan. And even though you think that you may gain respect, that is not respect. It could be fear or whatever, but it's not out of muhabba. So remember these words, my brothers, because these words and these principles, if we understand them and act upon them, then it gives us a character. It makes us talk a certain way. It makes us behave a certain way. And this is why... When Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha was questioned regarding the khuluq 
and the character of the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam, she said, خُلُقُهُ Quran. His character was the Qur'an. So may Allah Azza wa Jal bless us to adapt these characteristics and attributes so we may also be the people of Qur'an and Sunnah, haqiqatan, literally. And not just that we are labeling ourselves and attribute ourselves to this tremendous manhaj methodology. But then when we look at our actions and when we look at ourselves, we are totally opposite to that which we are clinging to or claiming to cling to. So here is where we will see the truthness of ourselves. Let's all check ourselves. Me first. If we're claiming, alhamdulillah, to be from these people and following this methodology, then let's look at ourselves and put ourselves to test. Where are we? How are we when it comes to this? And then I'll leave that answer for you to be the judge for yourselves. So that was the first part. So the first part, the principle was what? Huh? Whoever leaves something for the sake of Allah, Allah will replace it with something better. So you should have had that as a title and the examples below. The second part which I wish to mention, which goes in line with that, Wa'adullahi haqqa. The promise of Allah is true. And what is the connection between the two? Is the first one tells us that if you leave something for the sake of Allah, and Allah will bless you with something better, Allah will. So that is the promise. So here now we will talk about that Allah Azawajal does not forsake His promise. The word of Allah is haqq. What has been mentioned through Quran, what has been mentioned regarding the sunnah of the Messenger wasallam of what you will receive, what you put forth as sacrifice, then the rewards that are mentioned you will receive. And contrary as well, those who transgress, then the punishments that you have been threatened with are likewise true. Kalallahu Azza wa Jal Ya nas in the wa'd Allah haq O mankind verily the promise of Allah azza wa jal is true fala tagurrannakumul hayatud dunya so do not let this worldly life deceive you look look who is saying this Allah Allah is telling you that his promise is true so don't let this dunya deceive you wala yagurrunnakum billahi alghurur and let not that chief deceiver, that shaitan, deceive you regarding Allah. Don't let him deceive you. Because that shaitan, ar-rajim, remember, his role is only to destroy us any way which he can. So much so, that those who follow his way, and his whispers, on that great day, he will say to them, لا تلوموني don't blame me, blame yourselves. I had no power over you except to whisper, and you followed the whispers. So even the one who is our open, many, open enemy, he will be the first one to forsake and say, why did you follow me? But while we are here, he will do his utmost best to fool you and to try and tell you something other than Allah and put doubts in your heart regarding Allah. And remember, 
our mashaykis, they say regarding Iblis or Shaytan. Not only is an open enemy, but remember how long and how much experience he has in destroying Bani Adam. From the time of our father Adam والسلام, when he whispered to him to eat from the tree, and what did he entice him with? Al-Khuld, that you will live for eternally. Enticed him with, with attributes that are loving to mankind. And this is why you will find that it is in our nature that we love life. The mere thought of death, no one is comfortable with that. No one is comfortable to say, Khalas, I would rather die tomorrow. That amal that a person has, a person wants to live for long. Stemming right back from that time. A person wants to be comfortable and have the riches of the dunya. That is the nature of mankind as the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said regarding Bani Adam that if you was to give him a, a wadi, a dhahab, a, a valley of gold, he would want another valley. So if we are created such, then we must control our desires with these principles. Because remember, these things are what are taking us away. We're only here for one reason. All of us in this masjid have memorized that ayah. We all know why we are created and why we're really here. But we must Make that our number one goal. Even sitting here today, Wallahi, I love to see my brothers. I love to see, Alhamdulillah, my nephews. And it's nice coming and speaking. But even more beloved is, if we could walk away tonight, after listening to these words, and it has affected our hearts, and we change, and we draw closer to Allah, so then we will be from those ibad, that live in a manner which is pleasing to Allah is the main goal. That is the goal. That we live in a manner which is pleasing to Allah. And we call to that way. And we die upon that way. May Allah Azza wa Jal make us from them. Amen. So now I want to mention. Some examples of regarding the promise of Allah. First thing you need to know. That Allah Azzawajal's promise regarding aiding the believers is true. Qalallahu Azzawajal, Ya yuwaladina amanu, in tansurullah yansurukum. O you who believe, in tansuru. What does in tansuru mean? We can't aid Allah, but the mufassirun and the ulama they have said in tansuru meaning that we adhere de- to Islam to the Qur'an and to the Sunnah. We call to that. We don't transgress those limits that are set by Allah by way of falling into haram. That which Allah has commanded us, we alhamdulillah, we carry that out. This is what Allah means. If that is done, yansurukum, Allah will then aid you. Look at the exchange. You follow the rules, stay away from haram, Allah will aid you. That is the promise of Allah. And what does Allah say? And Allah will make you firm. Make your feet firm upon this istikama. 
Verily, those who say Allah is our Lord, thumma istaqamu. Verily, those who say that Allah is our Lord and they remain steadfast at the time of their death, tatanazulul malaika. The malaika will come down and will say to them, Allah taqafu wa la tahzanu. Do not fear. Do not grieve. And we give you glad tidings of a Jannah that you have been promised. Once again, the promise of Allah is true. But you must live that way. Allah is our Lord. If Allah is our Lord, we should be pleased. And we should accept His law. And live by His law. Because we need it, wallahi. Death is not easy. When that Malik al comes, it is not an easy affair. It is heavy. But if we live a certain way, بِإِذْنِلَّهُ will be easy. May Allah make us from those that our آخر lahzat that when those angels they come, then it will be said to us, Allah تَخَافُ Don't fear, don't grieve. We are being made firm to say لا إله إلا الله. Once again, the promise of Allah Azza wa Jal. Also Allah Azza wa Jal, He mentions, that if your Lord Allah Azza wa Jal aids you, then no one can overpower you. Nobody can overpower you. If Allah Azza wa Jal aids, then no one can overpower you. And what are the asbab? What are the means for that aid to come from Allah Azza wa Jal? That aid is, is remaining steadfast. Listen to what Allah Azza wa Jalla mentions in the Quran. Am hasibtum an tadkhulul jannah? Do you think that you will enter jannah and you will not be tested like those who were before you? Allah Azza wa Jalla mentions regarding their tribulations what happened. Masatum al baqsa wa zarra wa zulzul hatta yqul al rasul wa aladina amanu maou mata nasrullah that they were shaken with trials and tribulations. So much so that even the messenger and those who believed them said, Mata Nasrullah, where is the aid of Allah? Allah in the Nasrullah Qareeb. Verily, the aid of Allah is near. But for who? For those who adhere to His way. Look at the olden days. The Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, if you look at the ma'raqat, if you look in the battles that we had, the Muslims, Little in number, and how many did they defeat? Look at the example of Badr, where angels were sent down into aid and to fight. Allah's promise is true, but we must change ourselves first. We must be upon that way pleasing to Allah, then that aid will come. Listen to regarding the Qissa of Uhud. Yawmul Uhud, there are many, many examples. That in itself is a muhadara on its own. But this is a clear proof. I'll bring you some proofs from that great day of regarding Allah Azza wa Jal's aid and promise. Allah, He says regarding that day, وَلَقَدْ صَدَقَكُمُ اللَّهُ وَعْدَهُ إِذْ تُحُسُّونَهُمْ بِإِذْنِ On that day regarding Uhud, Allah Azza wa Jal, He said, Verily Allah 
kept his promise. He kept his promise. And he aided you with his permission. And you were winning in the battle of Uhud. You were winning in the battle of Uhud. So Allah, he says, he kept the promise. Now, regarding that great day, Uhud, for example, how I can explain, just that you have a picture of what took place. Behind, let's say, behind me is Uhud. Behind me is Uhud. On the left-hand side is Jabal Rama. It's a mountain. They record it Jabal Rama because that's where the archers were. So the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam placed 50 odd archers on this mountain and said to them, win, lose, whatever takes place, do not abandon your position on Mount on, on, uh, Jabal Rumah. Don't abandon your situation, regardless of what is happening to us. So when the Kuffar of Quraysh, they came to battle and to fight against the Muslims, you know how many were they in number? 3,000. How much was the Muslims? 700. 700. Outnumbered. And they had horseback, and they likewise had camels. And that's an advantage in the battle as well. Once the battle started, then this is what this verse is. وَلَقَدْ صَدَقَكُمُ اللَّهُ وَعْدَهُ Allah was truthful in His promise. What was His promise? If you adhere to Quran and Sunnah, Allah will aid you. So they were winning in the battles. They were winning in the battles. 700 against 3,000. Allah Azza wa Jal sent His army. Listen to this hadith. وَعَنْ سَعْدِ بْنِ عَبِي وَقَاسِ قَالْ رَيْتُ عَنْ يَمِينِ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَّمْ وَعَنْ شِمَالِهِ يَوْمُ أُحُدٍ رَجُلَانِ عَلَيْهُمَا شَدِيدُ الْبِيَاضِ مَا رَيْتُهُمَا قَبْلْ وَلَا بَعْد he said, on the day of Uhud, I saw two individuals on the either side of the Prophet ﷺ. Extremely white clothes. Shadidul Kital. Fighting fiercely. Fighting fiercely. We never seen them before the battle. And we never saw them after the battle. Allah sent down aid, angels, fighting in that battle. And this is the promise of Allah Azza wa Jalla. Allah does not forsake His promise. But then look what took place. Up until you lost courage. And then you disputed. What's the story? Because when they were beaten, the kuffar, they retreated back. When they retreated back, they thought that the battle was over. The Muslims have won. And at that time they had Khalid bin Walid. At that time was a non-Muslim fighting against the Muslims. So that when he saw that the Muslims have retreated back, they have gone back and the archers have abandoned their situation because the archers played a fundamental role in the battle. Every time they were coming closer, the archers were picking them off. So when the battle was finished and they retreated, what did they think? The archers, the battle is over. So then they said, let's abandon our positions here. It's finished. The battle is finished. Some of them said, no. The battle is not finished. Or some of them say, regardless. The messenger said not to move. So this is where they lost courage. 
and then they disputed. And because of that, what took place? Khalid ibn Walid, he then took a party, a majmu'ah of the kuffar, went round that mountain, came at the back of the Muslims, and then attacked them. And 70 odd companions were killed. Then the Muslims lost that battle. The shahid is, Allah said he kept his promise up until you disputed and lost courage. Now this is a ibrah and a lesson for us. The ulama, they say regarding this story, the companions that were up on the mountain, did they outright do a haram? Did they outright be disobedient intentionally? Or was it a misunderstanding? So if a misunderstanding can cause the life of 70 odd companions, and the Muslims to lose a battle, then what about me and you, the mukhalif of the sunnah daily, what we are doing? The haram that me and you are doing daily, what's going to happen to us regarding that? If so many were killed just because of a misunderstanding, then what about the haram me and you are doing? What about the mukhalif of the sunnah that me and you are doing? That we know that this is sunnah, we know this is haq, but we're leaving it. Wallah, we are treading in very dangerous waters. The izz and the honor is adhering to the way of the messenger, sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Then Allah azawajal, they went on to mention, he said, You became disobedient after what you saw. Because when you win a battle, you have the spoils of the war. You have the spoils of the war, the riches of the war that is divided. So then the Messenger of Allah Azawajal said, Minkum man tuhibboon, minkum man yuridu dunya wa minkum man yuridu akhirah That is what caused the problem. You saw that which you loved by the way of riches of the dunya. This is what caused your confusion. Because you came down, and this is what Allah says, from you are those who want the akhirah, and from you are those who want this dunya. This dunya doesn't go with the akhirah. It is a sijin for us. It is a jail for us. There is no raha. It is a temptation and it is difficult. But be iznillah, remember my brothers, just as Allah aids us in this dunya, then likewise in the akhirah, there is ajrun azim. The Messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam gave us a qa'idah, Be mindful of Allah. And Allah will be your protector. Be mindful of Allah. And Allah Azza wa Jal will be your protector. And the opposite understanding of that is, that if you're not going to be mindful of Allah, if you're going to transgress, and if you are thinking that these words are just words that khalas, we listen and we hear, yeah, whatever, then you, you may take that attitude. But that attitude will only bring you in dangerous waters. Because the aid of Allah Azawajal will be far. But the more we turn back, even if we fall short, we make istighfar and we turn back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say regarding those individuals? That those individuals, Those individuals who fall into lewdness and they have wronged themselves, but they remember Allah. Then they turn back to Allah Azza wa Jal. Then they seek Allah's forgiveness. Min from their sins. Wa illa Allah. 
And who forgives the sins except for Allah Azza wa Jal? So it is a battle. But these principles will help us. We strive and we strive and we're not perfect. We're created weak. And we try as much as we can. And if we fall short, then we make that tawbah to Allah Azza wa Jal and turn back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Another beautiful benefit that we can have as well, that if you want that ma'iyah of Allah Azza wa Jal, not just the aid of Allah Azza wa Jal, that ma'iyah al-khasa, that ma'iyah where Allah is with you, but the ulama have said that this ma'iyah, it's only not that Allah is only with you, that Allah's aid is with you. Allah is your protector, and Allah is the one that will send you aid. That there is only for the believers. Al-ma'iyah al-khasa, as Sheikh Uthiyameen has mentioned, that is only for the believers. And there are examples of this ma'iyah. When the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was pursued, and ran out of Mecca, and him and Abu Bakr al-Siddiq then hid in a cave. And when the mushrikeen came to the foot of the cave, the cave was so small, that if you was to look down, you would be able to see the feet of the Messenger of Allah and Abu Bakr al-Siddiq. And Abu Bakr al-Siddiq then feared. He feared, not for his own life, but for the Messenger. Because he said, Ya Rasulullah, Ana Bashar, I'm only a man. If I die, there is nothing. Like in Anta Rasulullah, the effect of your killing and what will happen, what the Ummah will lose if you go. So the ulama, he said, even that fear that he had was the fear for the Messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And what did Allah say? La tahzan. Do not grieve. Do not grieve. Do not be scared. Inna allaha ma'na. Verily Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is with us. That with us here is not only with Allah's knowledge, but with aid and protection. And that is only khas for the believers. فَأَنزَلَ اللَّهُ سَكِينَتَهُ عَلَيْهِ And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent down tranquility upon them. With that fear then it went. وَأَيَّدَهُ بِجُورٍ لَمْ تَرَوْحَا Then Allah sent down an army that you did not see to aid them. So this is what we have to understand. Allah's aid, Allah's army, we can't match. We don't take the affairs into our own hands. We are weak. What are we going to do? One punch, two punch, one stab. What are we going to do? And even that in itself, is it correct? Leave the affairs to Allah Azza wa Jal. When the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam made sajda by the Kaaba and the Mushrikeen made mockery of him, and then they brought the intestines of a camel and placed it on his back and made mockery and they laughed at him. And the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi was alone. And the companion that narrated the hadith, he said, in the Sigri al-Ahad al-Hadith, meaning that I was young in age, I had no power to do nothing. I wish I could do something. And what did the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam do? How did he react to that? How did he meet these wrong that the mushrikeen were doing to him? Did he get up and try and fight? He was outnumbered. And then when he raised, and then he made dua, Allahumma alayka bil Quraysh. Oh, well, three times. Oh, Allah is upon you, the Quraysh. Meaning dua against them. And the narrator, he mentions, Wallahi, all seven of them that made mockery of him that day, in one of the battles, they were slain dead. 
All seven of them. So Allah's power is haq. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that dua, that is the shield, that is the weapon of the mu'min. It is not weakness. So finally, that is the third part and we end on this note because I can see the brothers have come in. That the things that we have mentioned as a promise here, then we have the promise of the akhirah. Then we have the promise of the akhirah. قَالَ اللَّهُ عَزَّ وَجَلُ وَلَسَوْفَ يُعْتِيكَ رَبُّكَ فَتَرْضَى Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He says, that that which your Lord will give you on the day of judgment, you will be pleased. You will be pleased what Allah will give you. That reward that you will receive, you won't be disappointed. وَعْدُ الْحَقِّ Allah is telling you, you will be pleased. That is the promise of Allah. We don't despair in that. What you will receive, you will be pleased. Allah has mentioned, regarding the description of Jannah, in there is what you want, what you please and what you desire. Those things that we couldn't do here, مثلاً, we are restricted there. What you please, you will receive. You will be pleased. There, it doesn't stop there. Not only we would think that if Allah gives you that reward of whatever you want in Jannah, you will receive. That alone is worth every difficulty that we face in this dunya. But it doesn't stop there. There is more na'im than that. There is even more of a greater reward than that. قَالَ اللَّهُ عَزَّ لِلَّذِينَ أَحْسَنُوا الْحُسْنَى وَالزِّيَادَةِ that verily, those who carry out al-husna or ahsanu, those who do good and good deeds, they will receive the husna. Al-husna is jannah and ziyada and more. What is that ziyada? That ziyada, as the mufassirun have said, and even in the following hadith will make clear, what is this ziyada? So not only will you receive jannah, you will receive ziyada. وعن سهيب رضي الله تعالى عنه قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم إذا دخل الأهل الجنة جنة. Picture this. Picture this. حديث عظيم رواه إمام مسلم لا شك برواية authentic. When the people of paradise will finally reach paradise. May Allah make us from them. Allah will say to those who are into Jannah, Allah will say to them, is there anything else that I can give you? Or you desire, or you want. And listen to the jawab of them. فيقولون, ألم تبيض وجوهنا? Allah, did you not make our faces radiant and full of nur? ألم تدخلنا الجنة? Allah, have you not entered us into paradise? وترجمنا من النار? And oh Allah, you saved us from the hellfire. 
Meaning, what more do we want? You've given us Jannah. We have radiant faces. We've come into Jannah. And you've even protected us and gave us salvation from the hellfire. Bimana, what else do we want Allah? Azza wa Jal. Then it mentions, فَيَكْشُفُ hijab. Then the veil will be removed. And then they will see Allah Azza wa Jal. The believers will see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. فَمَا أَعْطَوْ شَيَدْ أَحَبَّ إِلَيْهِمْ مِن نَظْرِ إِلَىٰ رَبِّهِمْ And nothing will be given to them by way of any blessing and reward that would be more beloved to them than looking at Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. May Allah make us from them. May Allah make us from them, Ya Rabbil Alameen. So my brothers, forgive me. For verily these words are hard because we do not know if we're going to be from them. But we can only pray that Allah blesses us and has mercy upon us and makes us live in a way so we will be from those who have wujuhun nadira ila rabbiha nadira. Those who will have radiant faces looking at Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Oh Allah, make us from them. Allah, do not prohibit us and do not make haram for us to see your glorious face, Ya Rabbil Alameen. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. Aquli kawli hadha. Astaghfirullah li wa lakum. Fastaghfiruhu. Innahu huwa la ghafoor rahim. Jazakumullahu khairan.